Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello. Thank you for listening to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We're passionate about helping you discover, embrace, and experience and live out all the freedom of Christ. We'd love to connect with you. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Kimmy Miller, and at this present moment, I'm sitting in my office in the beautiful Midwest of America. Now, having grown up in Southern California, I'm definitely a fan of warm weather. But there is something beautiful and maybe even a little sentimental about the changing seasons here in Nebraska. Even now, as I look out my window, I can see the colors changing from green to warmer colors of yellow, orange, red, and gold. And it makes me want to stay right here in this season with all of its beauty and sound and smells and reasons for gathering around fire pits with hot cider and family and friends. I just love it. But the autumn season never seems to last long enough. And before I know it, I'll be pulling out stocking caps, gloves and scarves to help brave the winter wind and snow. Such is life in the Midwest. And while I don't particularly love the winter, There are some things I enjoy about it. I love the way the bare trees covered in ice sparkle like diamonds in the morning sun. And I love quiet evenings at home watching the snow fall outside while I'm tucked in warm inside. But with all that snow, someone's got to shovel it and throw down some ice melt. The plows come through and then you just have dirty frozen ice piles around town. And I guess that part isn't so pretty, but... It might just be a matter of what we're looking at and what we're looking for. For some, the giant dirty snow piles are a symbol of the season, grueling, hard, immovable winter. And some may not even notice them at all. And still, others might look at those colossal mounds of ice and simply be grateful. Grateful that there are crews out shoveling and moving the snow so life can still happen. It's like that old saying, you know, when someone asks you, are you a glass half full or half empty kind of person? What they're really asking us is whether or not we're the type of person who sees the more, 
the glass is half full and we're optimistic, or the type of person who sees the less than. The glass is half empty and maybe a little bit more pessimistic. And I'm not sure why we're always so quick to label people and personalities. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good personality test that helps me figure out who I am and makes me think, oh, yes, that makes sense. That's me. But sometimes I think that we're not one or the other, or we're both, or maybe just somewhere in the middle. And when it comes to the glass being half full or half empty, what if instead we just learn to be people who are just grateful for the glass itself? It doesn't matter whether it's half full or half empty. What matters is that we have a glass at all. What matters is that we're grateful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says it this way. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's it. Half full, half empty, doesn't matter. Thank you, Lord, for the glass. (laughs) I mean, if only it were that easy, right? And it's not that it can't be done. It's just that it takes a lot of work to train our brains to see the glass first without allowing its contents or lack of to determine our appreciation for what we have. See, here's the thing. When Paul wrote that verse out in Thessalonians, there was a lot more to it. In fact, within its context, you can see that Paul was giving instructions to the church on how they were to conduct themselves all the time. He says things like, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong, always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Then he wraps it up with this in verse 16. Rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. And then verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know about you, but I am not the best at any of those things. Not consistently anyway. But I do think there is some significance in the order that he presents these practices. And if we're going to be grateful, maybe we do start with rejoicing. To rejoice simply means to feel or show great joy or delight. And then to pray, it's simply talking with God. And then give thanks in all circumstances. Sounds simple enough, right? And I'm not saying that it's the only way to develop a grateful heart. But I'm saying it seems to be a little bit easier to be grateful for things once we've placed them in the right perspective, in a heavenly perspective. If we allow them to, our circumstances can influence our mindset and even affect the way we perceive truth. Then if we're struggling with gratitude, it's probably because we're wrestling with a lie somewhere in our belief system. A lie that says we don't have enough or we're not enough, or there simply isn't enough. And if that's what we're thinking, then it makes sense to think that we would also begin to question God's character, that we would start wondering things like, God, are you really who you say you are? I mean, if that's the case, why am I still struggling and living paycheck to paycheck? Why haven't you helped me get that new job or the promotion? And why is there still world hunger and homelessness? 
how come there just isn't enough? Is it because you aren't enough to be enough? And friends, my goodness, it is okay if you've wrestled with those questions and thoughts. And in fact, I might be a little leery of anyone who says they haven't. See, there's a deeper question that's being asked there. And it is simply, God, did you really say? And that question, that is our enemy, Satan's favorite trick to use. He used it way back in the garden and he still uses it with with us today. That's why it's important for us as believers to read our Bibles so that like Jesus, when Satan tempts us with a half truth, we can counter with the only truth. I mean, how else will we know how to do that if we're not reading God's word? It's in the Bible that we're going to discover more about God's character. And together with the help of his Holy Spirit, we'll be able to see that God is always more than enough. When we read passages of scripture like those found in Matthew's gospel, where Jesus feeds the multitudes with only five loaves of bread and two fish, we can see that God can do all things. Or in Luke's account, where Jesus is telling his disciples not to worry because our heavenly father knows exactly what we need. Those are things that we can be grateful for. In fact, in that book of the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 22, this is what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows what you need. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. This is why, friends, it is so important to know the truth. So that when the lie tells you there's not enough and you start to worry, you can remind yourself with the truth that God is always enough and he cares for you. Recalling God's truth to mind and reflecting on his character is a catalyst for rejoicing. When we read the Bible and see his faithfulness reflected in our own lives, it gives reason to rejoice. The problem for me is I don't rejoice always, as Paul instructs. And it's probably because I get busy, distracted, then tired and worn out, 
and my focus falls off God and onto myself. And this is when, as someone who battles with depression, I really start to feel down in the dumps, so to speak. If I'm not careful, this woe is me mentality can start to take over. And I don't feel like rejoicing at all and let alone being grateful for my circumstances. But I'm starting to recognize that when I feel this way, it's because I'm consumed with what I'm trying to control. And I'm not being consumed by the fact that God is in control. So when this happens, I have to recalibrate my mind and my heart. The only way I know how to do that is to start at the beginning. I confess that I was trying to do things on my own, that I'm struggling, and that I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, that I allowed myself to drift. And my true desire is to be closer to you. And friends, I'll tell you that even though it might take a while for me to unscramble my thoughts, that closeness I'm seeking, the moment I repent, that part is instant. And that prompts me to rejoice. Trusting that my God is never far away, but an ever-present help in my time of trouble reassures me that he's enough. And as far as the next practice of praying continually, I mean, talking to Jesus just makes me feel better. And really, isn't that all that prayer is? We're just conversing with our God. The thing with prayer, though, and what I'm learning is that it's more about listening than it is about speaking. Do you remember that story about an interview with Mother Teresa? Dan Rather, a CBS anchor, once asked Mother Teresa what she said during her prayers. She answered, I listen. So Dan turned the question and asked, well, then what does God say? Mother Teresa smiled with confidence and answered, he listens. When Dan didn't know what to say, she followed up with, and if you don't understand that, Mother Teresa added, I can't explain it to you. And that, friends, is the intimacy and the beauty of prayer with our Heavenly Father. When we learn to simply listen more or maybe better than we speak. But if I'm honest, I'm real quick to tell Jesus what's on my mind. But I'm not the best at listening to what's on his mind. And that's the part I'm still practicing. It's hard for me to find moments when I'm truly undistracted. But God, you guys, he's so kind and gracious. And I think that's why he's always giving me what my friends call God winks. You know, those times when God shows up in a comment or a song or on a billboard or a blog post. Maybe it's a Bible verse that keeps coming across my path or a word from a good friend or even a stranger at just the right time. It's the way God is always communicating with each of us. I think we just need, well, I need to become a better listener. Maybe that's the key to becoming more grateful. Rejoicing always and praying continually really start with listening. And doing those two things of rejoicing and praying makes being thankful not just fitting, but it grows gratitude. See, gratitude is more than just being thankful. 
It's a distinctive attribute or characteristic of thankfulness. It's not just showing appreciation for a single moment or act, but it's a genuine appreciation for all things in all circumstances. Gratitude changes how we see things around us. It can open our eyes to seeing things more as God sees them. It can also help us to be more caring and compassionate with others, even ourselves. Gratitude keeps us humble. It helps us identify things in our present circumstances that may not always be there. It reminds us that to everything there is a season, and this too, good or bad, will pass. I saw a quote on social media the other day, and it said, The real gift of gratitude is that the more grateful you are, the more present you become. And really, that's what I want. I want to be present in this moment. I want to appreciate it while it's still here because it won't last forever. Just like the autumn season outside my window, it will soon turn to the next and the next after that. But in all that changing, there is one constant I can be sure of and you can be sure of too. Our God is always enough. So in this season, wherever you find yourself, let's make a point to be grateful. Let's recalibrate our hearts when we need to, even if that's multiple times a day like me, so that this quality of gratitude takes root in our character. Let's rejoice over God's faithfulness in our lives. Let's pray about everything, learning to listen more than we speak. And finally, brothers and sisters, in every circumstance, let's give thanks to God. See, our gratitude, it's not just a byproduct of rejoicing and praying. Somehow, it leads us back to those same practices. The more we rejoice and pray, the more thankful we'll become. And the more thankful we become, the more we'll rejoice and pray. It's a beautiful cyclical pattern, much like the seasons in a year. So the next time you hear the expression, are you a glass half full or half empty type of person? Smile to yourself and recall how God is enough in all circumstances and simply thank him for the glass. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are enough in all circumstances. I'm sorry for the times that I forget that, that I get consumed in my circumstances and in my situation, and I allow my eyes to fall off of you. Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, would you help to guide my eyes back to the Heavenly Father and would you remind me that He cares for me that I might rejoice that I might pray and that I might be thankful in every circumstance it's in your powerful name I pray Jesus Amen Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media if you liked what you heard today please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.